Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. Thank you for making it to the house of the Lord on Wednesday night. We're continuing forward in this, uh, in this series. We've been talking about the home, talking about what it means, what it means to be in the family. And we've been walking through the apostolic life series. I don't want to just say I'm apostolic. I want to be apostolic. How many know those are different things? <laughs> To say I'm apostolic and to be apostolic, those are, those are different things. It is uh, living intentionally. Amen. So tonight we're going to look at communication and social dynamics in the family. This particular chapter is chapter 12 in that book. I'm not sure how many of you have ordered or already have that book, but I truly believe it to be a, a blessing for you or to you. Um, as you study through that. We're going to look at a, a very practical perspective. Last week, we tried to look at the more professional uh, perspective in the family situations. Now we're jumping to communication in the home, and we're going to take a look at kind of the practical perspective on this. I want us to pray specifically about this message. I'm so thankful. Thank you, Brother Kilman, for leading us in prayer. I felt that here tonight as we were praying. I felt the Spirit of the Lord sweep in this house during our Time. I want you to pray very specifically, God help the soil of my heart to receive the seeds of the word of God in our teaching. I like to try to pray that very intentionally when I'm listening, when I'm hearing, when I'm receiving. Um, because I don't want just the seed to fall, I want the seed to turn into something. <laughs> Amen. I want it to turn into something. So pray with me. Lord, we thank you for your spirit. We thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. I pray that you would help me to speak effectively tonight, to teach from the dynamics of this lesson that have been prepared and that I myself have poured through and spent quite a bit of time trying to get uh, very uh, in-depth in this lesson. But we need this to be more than just a Bible study where we do our time and then we, we leave. We need you to help us here. <clears throat> we need your help that you would make the soil of a heart ready that the seed of your word might not only find lodging, but let it grow and let it produce in our lives. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. amen. How many know at times there is communication breakdown in the family? For some of y'all, it happened just now. <laughs> she said amen, and he said, no, I don't think so. Uh, the Old Testament presents families in high definition. We see them warts and all and thank God for it. Okay? If you take a few minutes to reflect, you look here that uh, you realize many of our Old Testament heroes had troubling family dynamics. Consider those patriarchs of Israel. Abraham, denying he was married to Sarah. How good would that go over in your family? <laughs> Is that your wife? No, no, no. I'm not even going to take that any farther. I, 
Isaac and Rebecca playing favorites with their kids. How many know that still happens? <laughs> They're in youth world, you can admit it, okay? Uh, people don't mean to. Hopefully saved folks don't act that way, but it does happen. Jacob created that rival culture among his children. Watch it here. The status or their status in God did not necessarily translate to healthy families. You've heard me say this before, but this is something I'm big on. When we talk about the Scripture, we cannot so idolize individuals of Scripture that we lose reality of their humanity. Either we believe this is the inspired Word of God or we don't. And it's easy for us to shout about that, but sometimes because we believe it's His inspired Word, we refuse to realize it's true humanity as well. They were real people with real problems. Some of them make your life look fantastic. Okay? At times, apostolic people find themselves in the same situation as these individuals. They are strong on the ministry side of life, anointed, even respected for leadership abilities. Perplexingly, however, the home front is substandard. Honestly, ladies and gentlemen, I would rather be a hero at home than anywhere else. Men, I'd much rather you be a hero at your house than at your job. Amen. Few things are more frustrating and heartbreaking than a failing family culture at home. Spirit-filled believers are sometimes mystified because they can lead souls to God Yet spiritual practices like family prayer and God-honoring family moments seem to be their greatest weakness. I've had people tell me, I, I've talked about this even recently, I've had people tell me that it's, it can be very awkward, to which I, I try to always reply, everything is awkward until it's not. Until you turn it into a regular part of who you are, who your family is, it might feel awkward. But if praying together feels awkward, we got to work through that. Keeping your family in proximity to a robust apostolic church does not mean you will automatically have a strong apostolic culture at home. Amen? Any more than living next door to a hospital means you're going to be in perfect health. It's the truth, it's how it translates. Loving God and loving your children are no guarantee either a healthy family never happens by accident. It is created. I don't know what God did to her. Well, she did a lot of that to herself, and maybe you didn't help. <laughs> We've got to take ownership a lot of times of what happens in our lives. Now, there are certain things that occur. There are certain issues that do happen. There are things that happen to people beyond their control during early years of life. But I have found that more often than not, the things that we complain about are the things we get ourselves into. Healthy family culture. Let's set the stage here, okay? 1 Samuel 1 talks about that incredible woman named Hannah. Now, I, again, I, I prayed about which lesson to go to prayed about where to be. This is the second time this has happened to me on a Wednesday night. I, I wish I could tell you that I had drawn this up. 
I did not preach about Hannah because of tonight's lesson. Maybe I should tell you that or make you just think that I drew this up. But I believe the Lord is trying to continue to speak to us from this text or this narrative. Hannah was an uncompromising believer in God. She was desperate to have child. You know that after many years of marriage, it's apparent that she's infertile. In spite of her barrenness, she was faithful in her worship and continued to seek God earnestly for a child. How long, Brother Kilman, because you articulated so well here at, the, at, at prayer time, and I, I felt the passion I always do when I get to be around you. I don't, in every time we talk, if we get on ministry, it seems like you end up crying, and I love that passion about, about you, and I, I feel like I can relate with that. But one of the things as you're talking about prayer, I found myself reminded knowing where we're going here. So how many times should I ask? Keep asking. How, yeah, but how long should I really seek God for it? I've been seeking and nothing has happened. Keep seeking. Just keep asking God. Keep trying to be in His will. She continued to petition God. When God miraculously, miraculously blessed her with a son, Hannah had dedicated him completely to God. She was intentional about the path that she paved for her son and it yielded a preferred outcome. There's a lot in that statement right there. She was intentional about the path that she paved for her child and it yielded a preferred outcome. She is an excellent example, a wonderful example of how we can establish that strong culture for our children. Now, we admit this, and I agree with Brother Soto here in this. There is not a one-size-fits-all approach, okay? When it comes to a technique, clinical technique, parenting technique, there is not a one-size-fits-all. But I want to add something in here, okay? There is a one-holy-ghost-fits-all. It's not going to keep you from doing the work, but if you work all day long without the Holy Ghost, you're going to live frustrated. But with the power of the Holy Ghost, I believe that your abilities mixed with prayer can yield great results. Okay? If we're going to have that strong apostolic home, we can learn a few practices from Hannah's example that will greatly bless our efforts. God-honoring values, family structure, and family Tradition. So let's talk about those God-honoring values. First of all, God-honoring values will originate from the Word of God. Isn't that noble? God-honoring values will originate from His Word. These values, they are important. They're regularly communicated. They're practiced. Listen, parents, I'm going to help you with this right here. God-honored values are clearly communicated, not assumed. It's very important. Lest you think everything is on the page there in front of you, I want you to catch that. They must be clearly communicated, not assumed. You know that every year at this time, listen, it's passionate to you because you were raised that way and you've always done that, but for them, this is some new tradition you're trying to pick up or some new value you're trying to implement. One of the toughest things I watch is in a parental relationship where the teenagers watch the parents not consistently live for God, but then when they are on fire for God, they're an entirely different person. 
How many know we got to try to be consistent as parents? Mm-hmm. Our values must come from God's word. The entirety of your word is truth. And every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. You're going to notice a lot of his quotes are from the NKJV. And so if you have KJV, you're going to find that somewhat similar. But if you want to mark these in your Bible, these are great scriptures. This is directly as it's drawn from the book. And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. We've talked about this. But bring them up in the training. Now listen, that whole word right there, Brother Titus, training alone, that one word, that one word could be the whole night's lesson. Training is intentional. Training is intentional. Brother Josiah got up and began to do our highlight tonight, and, and when he did, he began to give historical context to the setting of the text itself. So he took the text, and they talk about this in hermeneutics, no doubt. They've probably got a, a, a teacher that's been on them about this, but to frame in what is it, where is it setting, what's happening. And so he gave you a little bit of a snapshot of the historical context or the climate where it was so that he could frame it in appropriately. His training lended to him doing that tonight. That's not part of his education and his training. Training happens from intentional time between a student uh, or from a teacher and a pupil, okay? It's intentional. And in the parenting role, training is part of parenting and it must be intentional. We cannot be frustrated about what we refuse to clearly communicate, but we are all the time. Some of us can remember Maybe you're from a, a family or a relationship where your dad didn't talk a lot. Maybe he was from a generation where his father talked even less. Or maybe your family dynamics, whatever it is, you can remember them getting frustrated possibly at you for not following rules that they never clearly communicated. And if you're not careful, you yourself will act that out with your own children. I expect them to do it. Why? Because I was thinking in my mind and they should have known. They should have known. Didn't you see the way I looked at you? I, we haven't made eye contact in seven days. I don't, know, I don't know how you looked at me. And so we have to clearly communicate that. And so that training there is important. My son, keep your father's commanded to not forsake the law of your mother. A soft answer turns away wrath. Oh, this is a big one for parents. This is a hard one. I've said it. You've heard me say it probably before. You'll probably hear me say it a thousand times for which I apologize, but I will tell you it's good every time I say it, okay? Please hear this. When you scream, no one wins. When you scream, no one wins. Yeah, well, I'm the parent, and they're going to know. They know you're the parent. I know they love you, but wouldn't it be okay if they like you too? Okay? And I'm going to tell you, parents, sometimes we're wrong. Oh, that, that didn't go over great. I'll get back in the book. Sometimes we're wrong. How many can, maybe just play through the recesses of your mind a little bit. Anybody remember a time as a parent that you, you got onto one of them or you made a call and then you realized you were wrong? Isn't it a jagged pill to have to go back and be like, you know, about earlier. Sorry about that. If you want them to grow into a healthy, mature adult that has common sense, train them. If you want them to know how to, how to apologize well, train them. Train them. 
Knowing the personality of your student, knowing the personality of your child, it matters. It really does, okay? If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. I often tell parents this. I often tell parents this because one of the most frustrating things that happens is the way he disciplines and the way she disciplines are different. You know who you are in here right now. You're the softy. They're the hard person. And so I'm gonna stretch, I'm gonna work with this text just a little bit if you'll allow me some, uh, give me some allowance, okay? They know which parent to go to. You hear that, you hear that nervous murmur across the room? You're not, or some of you ought to be like, we're not the only ones. We thought it was just our family. Oh, no, 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 no. Every kid is born with an innate ability to figure out who the weaker link is. I don't like that. I'm not weak. I'm just compassionate. No, you're a softy. That's, no, 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 no. Sometimes someone's too hard. Sometimes one's too lenient. Uh, a lot of, but listen, so here's how I always say this. Parents get on the same page. Get on the same page. Have like private time where you communicate with each other. So in the case that, she wants to stay the night at so-and-so's house. She wants to stay at a friend's house. And you know, what is our rule on staying the night? No, we're not going to pull the crowd here. But some of you have gotten some knockdown, drag-out fights over something like that. I can't believe you told him he could go. I said, ask your mother. Or they'll do this. How many of you ever had them come up to you and you say something like, ask your mom or ask your dad. And their first words are, they said, ask you. <laughs> what are they doing? They're passing the buck to each other. Huh? They're moving it to the other person. Yeah. Get on the same page with one another. God honoring values must be defined. What are necessary to have a strong apostolic culture in your home? Reflect on your life. Were there God-honoring values that you appreciated in your upbringing? If you were not raised in a healthy home environment, which values would have transformed the culture of your home? Reflect on God's word. Ladies and gentlemen, don't make it to be awkward to read the same text daily and discuss it. That's simple but very good and important teaching. Talk to your family. Ask them to share their heart regarding important family values or at least, at least clearly define them with your, with your family. If you have family priorities that you live by, then you need, to, you need to have them. We would say define five strong values. Maybe that, that might be more effective than listening, listing 15 values, but keep it simple. What are our family values? What are the things we believe in? What are the things we, we, we are not compromising in? And again, I remind you, while they're under your roof, that does not mean you need to be their taskmaster, but it does mean that you have the authority to parent them. How are they going to tell you the car that you bought? You own the car. You put most of the gas in the car. You pay the insurance for the car. How are they going to tell you where they're going? Every now and then, you got to look back and say, it's going to be a long walk. 
Yeah, but pastor, if I, if I don't let them go, then if I don't let them go, then I, I'm not sure who's going to pick them up. I'm not sure. You cannot live in fear as a parent. You cannot make your decisions from fear. But I'm going to tell you a lot of times how you clearly communicate ahead of time makes the world of difference. Clearly communicate your family values. And if your grandparents, this applies to you. When your grandparents come to your church, make sure that you are, or when your grandkids come to your house, make sure that you are clearly communicating your values. God-honoring values must be communicated. If you show me a healthy apostolic family, I'll show you a family with very clearly communicated values. And God-honoring values must be lived. Here it is, right? The big difference between what's stated and what's lived. God-honoring values affect not just what we believe, but how we behave. Those God-honoring values, they govern my communication, my priorities, my decisions, my behavior. And yes, it's still true. It was when you were kids. It is now that the best teacher is example. The best teacher is example. Let's talk about family structure. When she had weaned him, she took him up with her three bulls and ephah flour and a skin of wine and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh. Hannah surrendered Samuel to the structure of temple life. She went so far as to entrust him into the care of Eli the high priest. Although Eli's own sons failed to appreciate the structure of temple life, Samuel embraced it. The structured world that Samuel lived in, in was important to his preparation for greatness. While Samuel was undoubtedly exposed to the depravity of Eli's sons, the structure of God's house and the sincerity of Samuel's heart anchored him. So too, apostolic structure serves as an anchor to homes in spite of unwholesome influences. Yeah, well, they, they go to this school or they, they deal with this in the neighborhood or they deal... What is the anchor in their life? I will tell you this. Your, your home should be a reflection of here. I am not embarrassed to say that. Your house should be a reflection of this house. The things that we hold most sacred here at Calvary Tabernacle should also be what you hold most sacred at your home. I know that's old school, but that's only old school because that's text. You, if you honor God here, you should honor God there. And if we wonder why our family dynamic is so confused, it's because of how much takes place in our world that is hypocritical. It really is. Local church, think about it. He came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Luke chapter 4. When you read there, I believe he's reading from Isaiah, I want to say 56. You have to fact check it there where he, where he stands up and he's, he's beginning to read. But Luke's informing us Jesus did not go to the synagogue only for special occasions. It was his custom. A house of worship was a fixture in his life. Even in the Old Testament times, the tabernacle in the wilderness was situated at the center of camp. 
And now I know this feels a little bit like preaching to the the choir because you're here and it's Wednesday night. But let me just state it for anybody else uh, or maybe for your own ammunition to remind or feel good about. Sunday worship, midweek services, revivals, youth services, small group meetings. Anchor your home to the structure of your local church. They want to go to a friend's house from school, but you know there's youth service. We're trying to make a decision on where we go. We're trying to plan. And, and, and let, me just, let me just throw this out, out there. Since revival's behind us and it was a last-minute deal and no one would have known about it, I can say in advance when we lay our calendar out for next year for 2021, if we put a revival on the calendar, do your best to try to be at revival. Now I can say I was amazed. I was pleasantly amazed at the amount of people who came, even though the revival was only announced a month in advance and so many people had plans to be gone and be out of town. But I will tell you that when we try to clearly communicate a year in advance, you don't want to get a last-minute emotional whim that you'd like to leave town for the weekend. Well, we just need a little R&R to get away. Can I tell you something? A change of location can be good. I'm not against that. I believe in a good getaway. No one here since I've been here that's come to me and said, hey, we're leaving town. No one in this place could tell you that I've said anything other than be safe and have a great time. No one can say anything. But I will tell you at the end of the day, if you really want to find rest, you'll find it in him. You will. Now, you might need to unplug from work, and maybe for you it's getting out of the zip code where they can't call you in the office. For some of you, you could get a lot more rest if you would actually treat your days off like days off. Sorry for the truth in that, okay? But it's the truth. We've got to guard our time. Now, listen, when you can get a family vacation, I think be with your family. Spend time, go, take that away. But when it comes to our regular everyday lives, week in and week out, and again, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but our lives and our families, we should revolve around the house of God. Don't you believe it still? I know it's 2020, but I believe it. I think if our world would live that way, we'd be in so much better shape right now. We wouldn't be dealing with the chaos. I'm going to tell you, it would affect everything we're dealing with socially. It would affect everything we're dealing with politically. Yes, it would. If we would get back to being one nation under God. But I will ask this, if we don't do it, who do we think will? So we've got to do it. It's our God-centered values. How about our family schedule? I won't take long on this, but I will remind us that our world is becoming increasingly fanatical about calendars and organization. Hopefully you're on a shared calendar with your spouse and maybe even with your entire family. Let me talk to the married couples in here and just remind you, you don't need, you don't need big blocks of time that are unaccounted for from your spouse. Really, it's true. Got to guard that, okay? How about this, even from your children? Any one of my children can get on every device I have. Brother Gallion, my eight-year-old, maybe better than me at times, can get on every device that I have. Why? Because I don't have to be worried about what his eyes are going to see. Doesn't that matter? It does matter. We're living in a, in a world of malware and spyware and privacy and guarding against hacks. And unfortunately, if we're not careful, we are so 
we're so bent on that, we're so guarded that we allow this level of privacy to creep in. Do you know that the devil does some of his best work in the, in the privacy sector? In that place where, you know that if you, I've just got to, I'm going to go because I feel it, okay? The best thing you could do, if, you, if, you got, if you're working with somebody and you think they're attractive, best thing you could do is tell your spouse. Oh no, my spouse would kill me. Well, then you need to work on that part of your relationship, number one. But you'd be surprised, or you need to have an accountability partner at least, but I'm telling you, I think you need to be able to tell your spouse because you'd be amazed. 90 plus percent of the time, if you can get the words out there, all attraction will. The only reason you were attracted is because the devil works in that silent place. Gets a little adrenaline pumping. Makes you feel like you've got a little secret to cling on to. I've had to counsel way too many marriages and deal with people where if they would have talked in the beginning, if they would have got the attraction out front, it would have changed the private behavior because it became known. Amen. Amen. It's all clear communication. It's clear communication. Family schedule really matters, okay? See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. I know some have jobs and work where you have to travel and be gone from your families from long periods of time. Anybody that has ever been excused to be gone from, for weeks on end from your family at a time, I want to talk to you about the health of that. Okay? Well, it's work, Pastor. You saying I can't work or I can't do... Not at all. But I'm saying you're probably going to need to figure out how to get your family on the plane to. Homeschools probably in your future. I'm just telling you the truth, folks. We've got to work intentionally to keep our families together. We find time for what's important to us. We have enough time to do everything that God is calling us to do. In fact, 2 Peter, it informs us in chapter 1, verse 3, all things that God has given us, all things that pertain unto life and godliness, that would include our time. Fairness. Perfect and just weight. The Bible has a lot to say about unbalanced or false measures. In fact, it's an abomination to God. Unjust weights are an abomination to God. I don't have time tonight to flesh that out. It'd be an interesting study for your time. But it's important that we not judge our children, our friends, our family more harshly than we judge ourselves. It's, it's, very, it's very important that we try to extend the same measure of grace that we hope gets extended our way. I'll tell you when that's often not the case, when people are selfish. If we're not careful, and we all know people like this, whether it's by the context or their upbringing, whatever happened, but they are selfish, and so they're constantly fighting for themselves, um, sometimes even not against you, just for themselves. But if, you're, if they're not careful... Everything they do is with an unjust weight. Got to be guarded against that. Fairness is a good word. Some days are going to be a train wreck in your schedule. Listen, I'm going to tell you, I want to help you get off the hook here. You can't win every day. You can't win every day in your calendar. I'm even going to give an additional allowance. I don't think you can win every day in your attitude. Some of you are like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Pastor said I could be grouchy a day. Tuesdays are my day. <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to go into it. Meaning, 
to be grouchy, so don't stretch my teaching too far, okay? But I will tell you this. If someone's having a bad day, remember that you've had bad days. Let someone, don't hold people against what they said on their worst day. You're gonna lose, you're gonna lose a day here and there. You're gonna lose it. You're gonna lose it to your schedule. You're gonna lose it to your attitude. You're gonna lose it. You're gonna lose it. Okay? Remember the old statement, never go to bed angry? Some of you remember that premarital counseling? You don't remember hardly anything but that one? Because there have been some nights you just didn't go to bed? Get mad? Wiggle over onto your side of the bed? Just as tight to the edge of the bed as you can? Oh, yeah, you know. We're getting a little close to home for some of you now. We're not supposed to go to sleep. I'm not sleeping. I'm just laying here thinking about you. Oh, pastor, we wouldn't do that. <laughs> can't always win the day. When you can't win the day, you gotta try to win that week. And if you don't win that week, you gotta go after that month. You gotta be intentional. Gotta be intentional about it. That third thing, family traditions. I think family traditions are still important. I do. I think they're important. Yeah, well, they all got their cell phones and they're busy and we got stuff going on. And yeah, Family traditions still matter. Yeah, well, I never had any family traditions growing up. Well, make some. She placed, Hannah placed great value on family traditions. Returning annually to the temple to bring that new coat for her son. She kept communication and connection. Isn't this something? Not just communication with my child, but I want to have communication with the people who are training them. Hey, let me tell you something, moms and dads, you have the right to talk to their teachers. Amen. Not just get mad at them when they do something wrong. Don't be mad at a teacher. You, haven't, you ain't talked to them in three months. And the only time you talk to them is when so-and-so or your little Jimmy got in trouble. Why are you picking on my kid? Oh, I feel like I'm on delicate area right here. You've already heard me. I've said stick up for them, defend them. But try to be in communication with anyone that's training your children. Be watching. Be noting. Be, be tuned in. I'll tell you right now, I, I hope, I think Brother Barkus could say this. We had this conversation privately. I'll bring it out in, in the open uh, right now. I had a conversation with Brother Barkus, and I, I said, our first response is always on anything with the teacher, the teacher's right. It's the way we, we live in our home. But I need you to help me. If, if you see something or you're hearing something, how can I be a better parent at home? Because I don't want to have unrealistic expectations for my student, if I don't, they're there all day long for my child. I need to have clear communication, so let's communicate it. At work, you might be the manager, but for them, you're just dad. You're just mom. And that clear communication is important. Launching new family traditions, maintaining old ones are key to enjoying a strong family culture. I can tell you some things that my wife likes as a family tradition I do not like. She's watching right now. My, my daughter's not feeling well, so she's home with her. She's uh, uh, sick, and she's watching right now, and right now she's laughing. I'm not going to say. They, they don't have to be your favorite tradition for it to be a good tradition. That's part of the give and take, all right? That's part of the give and take. Guys, for them, 
a family tradition might not be watching the game. I know it don't seem right. Don't seem fair. You wonder if they've prayed about it at all. But finding those family traditions, whether that's a, whether that's, uh, you know, you can see some of these milestone traditions. I will tell you this. I don't think that people in the world should be more intentional about celebrating 16th birthdays than we are. I think we should look at our rite of passage birthdays. I think that we should look at our, we should be intentional about them. Okay. Let them, because they're watching what we invest in. I'm almost done here. Family traditions ensure that special moments and meaningful interactions regularly occur. Let's look at this milestone traditions. The early teen years afford the opportunity to initiate a talk about moral purity and to celebrate celibacy until marriage. I don't want to talk about that. That's awkward. They're going to talk about it somewhere. They are. Oh, pastor, I don't know, that's kind of, you know, my dad didn't talk to me. And how much of a mess did you get in? You know, I've had those conversations with people that it's so awkward to have the discussion with them, but, and their dad never had it, but then on the next breath, they want to talk about all the trouble they got into. One good conversation where they're sitting, looking at you with their eyes wide open, sitting on the couch like, And you're sweating talking to him. Yeah, I know, buddy. So that's kind of how it works. <laughs> you know what I made it as a <laughs> I made it as a decision in my house. They're never going to feel so awkward about talking to it that they've got to find their answers in a locker room. They're not. They're not. And I'm going to tell you this. A health professor is not going to take my job. And when they hand out some kind of thing at school, they're not going to leave there thinking that that is a joke. Okay, I've got to be careful here. We have, we have so desensitized this in our world. We have so perverted the action in our world. And yet so many in the church won't even talk about it. got to have that conversation. Got to have that conversation. I'm baffled at the amount of young people that I've went to marry and done premarital counseling with them that their parents never talked to them about it. Yeah, we didn't know how to approach the subject. They make some great books. You know, do you know the recommended age to start having that conversation with a boy right now? In society, you're supposed to have that conversation with them as a father by 11. Oh, I don't want to introduce anything. You're not. You're not. I'm going to tell you 99% of the time they know more than you can even believe they know. It's a reason they smirk when you say a word that you don't even know that word has become a slang word for something else. Why are you laughing? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. And you don't find out until later... Our world has messed this up so bad. 
We've got to bring purity back to this. Man, I feel a nudge in the Holy Ghost right now. We've got to bring purity back to this. Uh, I, I, love, I love the um, every, every man's battle with your sons. It's a great one. And every young woman's battle with your sons. For a for parents, and if, if you're a mom with boys and you don't have a father in the picture, listen, it is not awkward. You're the parent. Got to have that talk. I didn't mean to get caught on this, but it's important, okay? Maybe I'm helping somebody that's been in the valley of indecision with this, right? Have fun traditions. Maximize the journey of life whether it's a family vacation. Well, we don't have the money for a family vacation. They don't need your money. They need your time. You make family, your family tradition can be, part of your family tradition can be every Saturday night, we walk around the block. What? That's not a, I promise you, they'll grow old wishing they could go back to being a kid walking around the block with mom and dad. Even if they don't appreciate it in the now, they'll appreciate it in the later. And I'm a firm believer that as long as they're with you, you don't have to worry about where they are. Make those traditions. Maybe it's going to... How many in here have already went with your family to go pick out a pumpkin or something? You've gone to go get some hay for your porch. Because that's a necessary thing. My wife is adamant about hay on the porch. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to track that in for the next three months if we can. That'd be. You think we could maybe put it out there and never use it? Would that be? Because that's what I'd like to do. Could we put it out there? We'll never use it. We won't look at it one more time. But I think we should probably do it. Why? Everybody else does. No, I'll tell you what's fun, though. We go as a family, pick stuff out, bring stuff in. Why? It's just something we do as a family. Have Christmas time. Listen, our family traditions cannot, cannot all revolve around holidays, and unfortunately, that's typically what they are. Whether it's with a sibling, or whether it's with your spouse, or whether it's with children, or whether... Family traditions are not because of holidays. They're because we're family. And because we, in spite of the world and the day and age we're living in, we're trying to be an apostolic family. A God-centered family, and it's hard to be a God-centered family if we don't spend time together. Amen. Stand with me. You want to win? You want to win the night? You want to win? You want to win the month? Go ahead sometime between now and when you go to bed and put a random ice cream night in your phone. And set an alert to go off that day. And for no reason, you do an ice cream party at your house. Invite me. <laughs> trying to set myself up for a win here. Something to win. Okay? I've had spouses, and we know how this works. Maybe she loves flowers, but you don't think about that because you're not. Maybe her love language is gifts, but your love language is words. And so if you're not careful, you never communicate clearly. And so unless you intentionally put it as an alert in your phone, there are some great parts of technology. It can remind you not to be you. <laughs> Pick her up flowers on the way home. Well, all right. 
doing things intentionally, winning it as a family. God, we got to have clear communication in the home. We got to have clear communication in the way we teach. I'm asking that you would help us to intentionally guard our values and our traditions. What do we have in our life? How is our life reflecting that in our marriages, in our homes, in the way that we treat one another relationally? And when we make that transition and that leap into how does that work within the dynamics of the church family or the church body? How do I treat my brothers and my sisters here? How am I intentionally living with them? What traditions am I a part of? Are they only with my outside family? Or maybe do I have some traditions even within the church family? What values am I sharing? Help us to be honest in our evaluation and like the example of Hannah, help us to pray until the answer comes. Help us to be diligent to fulfill our vow when that answer does arrive. And then help us to become consistent with our routine and our tradition. Help our values to revolve around you and our communication to be clear. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen.